0: Welcome out to the Bulls and the Bears. This is Aaron Warby. I am here with the incomparable Justin Moyer. Justin and I are part of Online Trading Academy, the most trusted name in financial education, and celebrating 25 years of service. All right, now, just want to uh, introduce Justin. He's been with us once before, but for those of you that have forgotten, because he's not, um, w- well, he's not with us every time. All right, Justin is uh, works with us here at OTA. He helps people to kind of onboard into... Uh, different classes and different educational tracks, because here at Online Trading Academy, we teach, well, kind of everything in the markets, right? Uh, stocks, options, futures, forex, bonds, cryptos, we, we teach it all. And uh, these, are, you know, not everybody is looking for something different in their life, depending on uh, their circumstances. And that means that, well, not everything is right for everybody. But there is probably something right for each person. And Justin is the one that helps him get there. Yep. All right. Um, so Justin also came to us. He had been trading before he came. Now I'm going to let you tell your own story, but you were trading before you came. But then when you, you came, um, I mean, well, you go ahead and tell your story. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Trading before was not profitable. I had heard my, I I'd heard of prop firms, a uh, uh, proprietary trading firm. Go Google, go Google that. Essentially, it enables traders to um, trade with another firm's capital. Anyway, it's a, it's a way for traders to get involved without risking too much of their own money. Uh, Google that term, prop firms. However, so I was trading on those and um, was not profitable. YouTube University, uh, you know, I was trying to learn as much as I could there. I was listening to podcasts, following some guys on Twitter, blowing up my account. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like, like, uh, probably most of the, that doesn't the traders sound fun. fun. Yeah, no, not fun. <laughs> but, but you know, what's funny is I trading is fun. Uh-huh. Losing's not fun, but it was still a fun, you know, waking up and looking at the markets is, is, is fun blowing it up and like feeling that like, Oh, this, you know, I guess it just doesn't work. That's yeah. not fun over and over. Well, I guess, I guess those guys you see on YouTube and they're just, it's all a hoax. <laughs> a lot of them kind of are. Yeah, so that part's not fun, but, but there is a lot of excitement in the markets. I would, you know, I would say,
0: well, yeah, you know, the, the, the problem with, I know that YouTube is free and obviously you were, you were looking at YouTube as well. Yeah. You know, I tell people that you, you typically get what you pay for. All <laughs> right. If you're going to treat this like a hobby, because yeah. if, if you're, if you've got a hobby out there, you know, I want to fix up my own car. Um, but this is kind of a hobby car, so I don't prize my car enough to take it into the shop. Then that's I'm going great, to go to YouTube and learn how to change analogy. brakes or something like that. And you know what? It's going to allow me to um, to actually change brakes. Now, would I trust those brakes as much as I would trust something that was put on by somebody that had been doing brakes for 30 years? No. Okay. Uh, That might fail. Um, If I was restoring a car and looking at YouTube University to figure out how to do it, could I expect that it would be done as well as a professional job done by professionals who have been doing this for a long time? No. All right. You want to take your money and learn from YouTube University. You are using, you are essentially treating your money like a hobby. You typically pay for hobbies, you don't make money with hobbies. You pay for hobbies, all right? And so if you're going to go to YouTube University and try and, and learn how to do it, just don't expect to come out with um, with the money that a professional would. Does that sound you right? You should
1: actually expect to be donating your money to the professionals. Because it's a hobby.
0: That's exactly right. <laughs>
1: you're you're going to provide liquidity for the people that actually know what they're doing.
0: <laughs> and that's unfortunate, you yeah. know? And, and as as somebody that trades in the markets, right, right? Um, uh, the thing is, is that I don't know who wants to sell to me when I think it's a good time to buy. All right, I'm looking at it and I'm saying, okay, that's that's low, and it's going to go up from here, and I want to buy it. I don't know who's selling it to me. All right, it could be anyone, right. but I hate the thought of that anyone being somebody that doesn't know what they're doing. <laughs> all right, well, come on, <laughs> I'm kind of trying like it. to take advantage. No, of I'm them. kidding. I'm yeah. kidding. <laughs> you know but but here i am hey you want to sell it to me okay All right. I'll, there, I'll take, there it I'll is i'm going to buy it yeah. <laughs> at, yeah. at any rate yeah so uh, you know getting away from that you came here and you started to learn how it actually works and is that That's, affected your trading that, it's
1: changed everything i cannot stress that enough i would not be currently trading if i did not learn the concepts taught at online trading academy I'm putting in a plug for Online Trading Academy. I don't care. It changed everything for me. Um, Rubbing shoulders with the instructors. People have traded on the floors of the exchanges and, and, you know, learning the concepts. It's, there is an edge. You know, you can have an edge in the market. When I say an edge, I mean you can be a profitable trader.
0: You, um, you, yeah, As in you know something that other people don't yeah. and therefore you're going to get to you're the right exploit place. Exploit that yeah that Yeah, the right place first. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um Or more efficiently. I, I
1: yeah. Online Training Academy was 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 the it was the vehicle that got me to my destination. I wouldn't, I was... It was your demand
0: zone. It was my demand zone. Yeah, up yeah. from there, right? <laughs> up from there. No, it was, It was, yeah,
1: changed everything. I, I, My eyes were open. I'm like, oh, you actually, the price isn't just random. There is a reason behind it. And right,
0: you can and it's predictable. The, it's
1: predictable. Yeah. Not 100%, but, you know, it's, anyway. Yeah. But it doesn't all, all need to be 100%. To. It doesn't need to. We have probabilities, yeah. we have the, the, the statistics and the data. And once we have all of that, we can make confident and comfortable trades and,
0: and Mm -hmm. yeah. And manage your risk if you're wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Very important to manage your risk. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So, so thank you. And we're happy to have Justin here. Um, he's, he's been doing well and I want him to take kind of the side of the short term, the trading side. Okay. Somebody that is into the markets for money, I'm going to take the side of those, you know, we're going to, I'm going to talk from the position of, Hey, I want to talk to those that are in it for wealth, as in we're building, we're building for retirement or, or protecting for retirement. Okay. Either one of those. Uh, some of the things that we need to talk about, especially for wealth, is, uh, you know, what's kind of going on in the world and the flavor of the markets, because obviously if the flavor of the markets is down, then we want to shift into things that don't go down or maybe even go up when everything everything else is down, right? Um, and so I've been talking a lot about that lately because obviously over the last, I don't know. During during August we've seen the markets top off and then start on their way down again. Um and uh you know it it's we're still seeing some downward pressure. Um and yeah, they so they kind of hit
1: their monthly um if you look on a month chart they've hit those major supply zones kind of that double top.
0: They did. Yeah. Yeah, and then they they snuck past it just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you can't trust that anymore. It's it's probably still going down. Now, economically, we haven't made, you know, any secret of the fact that economically things don't make sense and haven't for a long time. And if you doubt me, you know, just look at what Warren Buffett or Jeremy Grantham or any of the really savvy wealth type investors, um, what they've been saying, because none of them are saying, hey, this is a great time to buy. They've been saying, well, you know, things look really expensive and I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. Usually a bad sign for people thinking that I want to buy right now and, and you know, it's going to go up. Um, but one of the things that we, were, that we were all watching to see, you know, to see what was going to happen. Now, it's been said many times, and, and this was the mantra when I first learned don't fight the Fed. All right. And what that meant is the Federal Reserve, the people that print the money, that control the money, if they want the markets down, the markets are going to go down, right? Because they control the yeah. money and they yeah. control the money flow. Oh, yeah. And so if they're going to raise interest rate, that's going to knock the markets down. Well, last year, last year, the, um, the Federal Reserve went to Jackson Hole. They met, they decide things, you know, it, it's them. There's also European Union members there they decide things that kind of set the tone for the year. And last year they decided, you know what? Inflation is real. We need to uh get on top of this inflation. We're going to do that by bringing pain to the markets. Their words not ours. All right? Pain to the markets. Is that what
1: uh, Jerome? That's what Mr. Jerome Powell Mr. said. Jerome yeah, said. he
0: said this is going to be a little bit painful, but we have to do it. We have to uh soften up the job market and we have to uh we have to raise rates to make it to make things a little bit Uh, less rosy for companies, a little bit harder to uh, make profits so that the prices can be controlled. All right. And for the first month or two, that worked. All right. It kept going down until October last year. But all of a sudden, in October, everybody decided, you know, that's far enough. And it turned around and it was going up until July of this year. From October to July, uh, that eight-month period, the markets were going up which means that they were fighting the fed and the fed kept raising interest rates. Right. And so now our interest rates, if you want a mortgage today, you're paying what Mm 7.2, I think 7.2% where just two and a half years ago, it was like 2.7. Well, that's a massive uh, difference in, in what's going on. And so, and so, you know, the, the federal reserve has been raising these interest rates and it still isn't bringing enough pain to the market. And so what do you think they said this year? Because we just got through with the Jackson Hole um, conference.
1: M- more pain? <laughs> Actually, I, you know, I, I, yeah. I read the CNBC kind of uh, nutshell of it, so I didn't, you're going to have to explain more about it because I didn't yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, so um, Jerome Powell came out and he said, you know what, we're still seeing inflation at a higher level than we want. Uh, We're still seeing that the job market is is tight, meaning that there are more jobs available than people willing to work. Under that environment, when there are more jobs available than people that want to work, you know, and if you've been listening to this show for any amount of time, you already know the answer, right? If there are more jobs than people available, then it puts pressure on employers to keep the people that they have rather than to lose them to somebody else who's willing to pay them more because employee turnover is not only a nuisance, but it's very expensive, all right? A lot of your your money is being eaten up in training. Now you've got to pay somebody to train somebody, and that is taking away from the productivity, so there's less productivity. Less productivity means fewer profits, right? Mm. And so, you know, with with a very tight job market where everybody can have a job if they want, and they can simply leave to go to a new job, if, the, if their current employer isn't paying them enough, then it puts pressure on these employers to offer more in wages. And so we see wage growth. Well, you can't see wage growth without an effect somewhere else. Because if there's higher wages, where do you think they're getting the money to pay those higher wages? Yeah, you got to either fire some people, let some
1: people go, or increase the cost of goods. Yeah, All but of the above, if right? it's
0: if it's a tight job market, that means that the the companies have already stripped down uh, yeah, to yeah, That's
1: true. So they're not
0: firing. So you're saying to increase cost of goods? Yeah. Well, so they've they've got to goods and yeah, to pay for the higher wages, they have to increase the cost of goods, and that by definition is inflation. Yeah. Right? And so as long as there's a tight job market out there, as long as there are more people there are fewer people that want to work than there are jobs available. we are we can expect, and this is what Jerome Powell is saying. we can expect that we're going to have this continual inflation creep above what their target is, okay? Now, their target is two percent. What everybody else wants is zero yeah. percent <laughs> who wants inflation? Yeah. <laughs> all right. But but their target is two percent. We're still well above that, and so they still want to work on it and bring that down. And so Powell, just like you said, um, still remained hawkish, saying no, we need to do more, and that could mean either a more quantitative tightening, or more you know fewer more um, rate increases in the future. All right. Now these rate increases are very difficult, very hard on, on, uh, companies because now the money supply is restricted. If they want to go out and grow, it's harder to grow because usually growth means you're going to go get a loan in order to grow. Mm -hmm. But now, now it's very expensive to get a loan. You know, if I take the loan, can I make more on that? You know, from the money that I, I borrowed, then I'm going to have to, you know, to pay it back. Yeah. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, at some point, it becomes no. When, when when you could borrow at 2%, for heaven's sakes, then the answer was yes. But now that it's well above that, the answer is, you know, might be no. I can't make more, and therefore I'm not going to borrow. Right. Right, but that also means I'm not going to grow, and therefore my stock price, does that have to grow? Well, stagnating companies, you know, typically under under the old guard anyway— um, you wouldn't see growth in that kind of stock if the company wasn't growing. Neither was the stock price. Does that make sense? Yeah, and
1: and and you'll see. Um, am I correct when I say? Because I'm a short-term trader, so I'm you know I'm pretty active mm-hmm. in the markets. But you'll see the money leave the markets as interest rates increase because people will start buying bonds and mm-hmm. other things that have a, a higher rate of return, a set rate of return, right? Whether it's you know muni's, mun- mun- municipal bonds, or treasure, you know, is that kind of correct in, in the thinking? That, that's kind of where some of the money will. Will flow to?
0: Well, yeah, if, if they believe, and this is you're talking about smart money now. So when the smart money or those that are a little bit more educated, those that have a lot of money per, to protect and have been taught how to take care of their money, if they believe that the rate increases are going to hurt the companies and therefore the stock price is either going to go nowhere or go down, then they start taking their money out of the stock market and putting it into things that at least have a return. Okay. So like the 20-year note right now is is at 4.7%. Now 4.7% yeah. not great. But right? it's yeah, but some people will take it because it's set. Well, right? yeah, it, it's set. But but you're thinking if the if the stock market is going to go down, I would rather retain my Four, money and yeah. make 4.7% right, than right, right. lose in the stock market, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so yes, you're exactly right. They start leaving the stock market for the bond market or the municipals or things mm-hmm. like that. Right. And we have seen a lot of that. The biggest outflows um, of cash from the stock market have been going in straight into the bond market. Okay. Uh, now, um, I just wanted to uh, to say this, all right? Powell has remained hawkish, and he has said that, that um, he wants to further drive down inflation to 2%. A question was posed here at the symposium saying, you know what? 2%... Because of all the money we've printed, that might be an unrealistic goal. Could we simply settle out and say we don't need to raise rates anymore and we don't need to bring more pain to the markets? Maybe, you know, having a lower or a higher goal, something like 3, 3.5% inflation would be okay. Well, I don't know. Hmm. You know, should we should we settle for that? Or is that going to hurt us? Well, I think that you know, Powell wants to keep driving it to 2%. And some of the people that I think he's worried about are are the retirees. Okay, so people that are still working, right? Yes, 3% comes along. And what they're going to do is they're going to work harder and try and get uh, promoted so that they can absorb that 3%. But what about the people that have stopped working and now are living on a fixed income?
1: yeah big three percent f- is issue. just a loss yeah right? yeah and mass- so
0: their quality of life starts declining and will continue to decline right. in the future because they simply didn't plan for that kind of inflation and so overall inflation is going to be very harmful to the nation but more especially to those that really can't do much about their their current circumstances all right, now I say that you can't that they can't do much about their current circumstances, um, but we have retirees coming into our classes all the time, and they're there because they're saying, All right, here's what I've been doing. The rate of return isn't high enough, I need to at least beat inflation here, right? What else can I do? And we start guiding them to things. In fact, I think I'll I'll talk about one of those things a little bit later in the show. All right. Just think of the word Jeppy and we'll get there. <laughs> Yes, I know, cryptic, right? <laughs> All right, I'm excited, yeah. Anyway, um, one of the Fed uh, one of the Fed board members um, talked about the labor market. Just wanted to read the quote. Okay, uh, she said, "The labor market is very tight right now, but but despite some softening, the job vacancies have not softened the labor market enough to bring inflation down. We need to do more." I, I would think that was that, that was a little bit scary. Okay, because how are they going to affect the jobs market? How is the Fed? Does the Fed have any control, direct control over any company out there? No, no, not direct. They have indirect. Yeah. What kind of control do they have over the companies? So what what tools are they going to use? Flow, I mean, flow of kind of what they're doing now.
1: Yeah, flow of capital. Okay. Interest rates. Now,
0: they're not there stealing customers away or anything like that, are they? Yeah, I mean, not true. No, not so the only thing that they really can do is raise interest rates yeah. and and therefore not allow companies to borrow money um, and do quantitative tightening, which means that they sell off the bonds that they already have, forcing companies to pay back debt faster than they thought, all right? Now, when that happens, if they're not bringing in any more profit because there's less, pe- there are fewer people out there that can get credit to buy their stuff, right? Um, Then, and they can't borrow any more money, then all they can possibly do is what you were saying in the first place, right? All right, we're just gonna have to tighten our belts and maybe lay some people off and make the people that stay work harder. Yeah. All right, and that softens up the job market. That should be a scary thing because what it means is, is if you're in the stock market, does that sound good for the company? It does not, no. right? And therefore, uh, it, therefore, should it sound good for the stock, which represents the owners of the company? Again, nope. no, nope. Okay. Uh, so, so that's an indication of what they're hoping to do in the future. They're hoping that companies suffer and therefore the market goes down. Okay. Now they they said that last year too, but it still, you know, it worked until October. So who knows? People are fighting the Fed. Typically doesn't turn out well, but hey, go ahead. Keep doing it, right? (laughs) Yeah, just the beautiful thing about
1: being an active trader is just read the price action on a whether the market's going up or down. I'll, I'll trade it.
0: It's yes that's what i like that's true but people that have a lot in the markets to lose yeah have no, to it's true it, right? and, and yeah and I'm, yeah. yeah no no but you're exactly right you're supposed to take the the trader the income traders spot yeah. and now the income traders do they care whether the market's going up or down no yeah. no no, no. They, i mean they, no there's they, market action yeah. who cares yeah. right i can take advantage of it either way mm-hmm. so as long as there's movement we're good So Powell comes out, and Powell says that the economy isn't cooling as much as expected and indicates that we might need more rate hikes, and that's going to mess with the markets. And the traders say, oh, that's okay. That's just going to make the markets move Mm -hmm. uh, one direction faster. Who cares? Let's take advantage of that direction. Exactly. All right. Now, Powell came out. He was very hawkish. The thing is, is we didn't see a big reaction in the markets last year we saw a big reaction. Typically when the, when the Fed speaks, we saw, we see reactions. Why didn't we see a reaction? Now we did. If you were watching, okay, right when Powell started talking, you saw the, the price shoot down and then shoot up and then come right back down to center. That was the action. And then he stopped talking and the markets kind of waffled for a little while, went down for a second, then popped right back up, ended at the end of the day down to about the place where where the market started at 630 or not at 630 ha, at 630 here in arizona but at 930 on the east coast right okay well the markets were up on the day but not significantly and i say that because should have the markets been up if powell was being hawkish and saying that the market needed to go down yeah no i mean all right technically no so why would it be up when Mr. Powell indicated more tightening and more rate hikes? And I, you know, I mean, don't don't higher rates and, and tightening hurt the economy? Shouldn't that hurt stocks?
1: I'm going to be honest. I don't have an answer for this one. What's okay. your, what, what, what do you All think? All
0: right. Have you heard of a bull trap? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so the thing is, oh, is yeah. because the vast majority of the know-nothing um, kind of people that are in the markets, right, uh, because there's professionals and then there's the know-nothings. And the know-nothings are the donators. Because the donators don't know what's going on, um, if the professionals want to get out, or not the professionals, but I should say the institutions, then what the institutions can do is move the market up and that's going to get people a little bit bullish and they start buying and in, Right into the institutions that are selling. Right. And yeah. the institutions can then sell their stuff for a higher price. And even as it's going down, they're selling it for higher than if they would have just let it fall in the in the first place. Mm. That's called a, a bull trap. Okay. And that's what we've seen after most of the major announcements over the last three, uh, well, three years. Okay. So I was not, in fact, I told the class that I'm teaching right now, this is what you can expect tomorrow. Did it happen? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, now, having said that, let's get away from the Powell speech, away from the Jackson Hole. F- oh, no, you know what? There's one more thing to talk about with Jackson Hole. I think that the real surprise there was what happened in the European Union. For traders, this is actually bigger news than for, for the wealth investors, okay? Because the European Union, uh, more or less, Fred president, whatever, the central bank president was there as well. And she came out, and she was more hawkish than everybody expected okay so if you've been looking at the the euro the euro has been going down to the dollar lately it's 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 been down um and so everybody's been shorting it or you know not not buying it anyway right <laughs> what effect is a more hawkish uh, euro president or european union um i don't know central bank president what is the effect on, on monetary? Well, yeah, on the monetary system, when the central banker is hawkish. So you're
1: saying would euro go down?
0: No, the okay. So so when Powell starts talking hawkish, he's going to raise rates and pull money out of the system, right? Because that's what happens when he when he raises rates. It pulls money out of the system. All right. Well, everything works on a supply and demand uh, level. So if he's pulling money out. Do we have more supply or less supply? Yeah, less supply. Less supply, but we have the same demand, so that means yeah, that we'll thing see. that's we'll going to get more valuable. Yeah, and so the dollar's been going up. The more Powell has been hawkish, the dollar has been creeping up. Now the EU hasn't been quite as hawkish, but now the EU is starting to get hawk- hawkish, right? We might see the the euro, the euro start oh, yeah, turning and, and leveling out. Which, yeah, right. Because now the U.S. And, and the European Union are both, uh, both yeah, hawkish. Bank, bank president are, are hawkish. So, so yeah, uh, for you traders out there, just, just watch that. All good? I love that. All right, good. So now let's just do a heads up. September is coming. What does that mean? All right. Have, have you heard of the September effect?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, August, September, you kind of got the dry months, the down months in the (laughs) down months in the market. Traders get scared of them.
0: Well, and so the institutions during August, you you find less institution um, action during August. And so, yeah, it's usually all out on either a calm or yeah, they're all out taking vacations, right? Now, in September, they come back, but they're up against a problem in September, because October is when most of the, uh, you know, most of the larger institutions will close out their books for the year, right? You've got the fiscal year end, which is typically in October. All right, at fiscal year end, the trading companies have to settle up accounts, and that means they've got some gainers and and some losers. What do they want to do with the losers? (laughs) They want to lock them, in the them. losers, right? So so that they can get that tax break.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Lock those in, get the the tax break. Uh, and now, are we speaking about uh, future stocks, options,
0: everything, all of the above, forex? Uh, well, mostly it's going to be in stocks, right? They've been holding something for a while. You don't really hold futures for a long time, but if you've got something on the books that is just a dog of a stock and it's been it's been weighing you down then here comes September and you've got to lock in all of your stuff before October. Generally you start getting rid of it in September. And so September has a nasty reputation. In fact, uh, so here's this statistic from 1928 to 2021, the S and P 500 index has averaged a decline during the month of September. So on average, September is a down month. Okay. Um, September is usually considered since the since 1950. It's it's been deemed by the numbers the worst month of the year. All right. This is an average. Does that mean that every September is down? No, I just want to I just want to, uh, you know, talk about for a minute why September is usually a down month. All right. And what you can expect. So if you're looking at institutions that have You know, have a year where they might have taken some losses. September could be a nastier month because there's losses on the books, and now they need to realize them if they're going to have a tax advantage out of that. So they can sell them off and get into something that's actually going to go up. But anytime an institution starts selling, that puts downward pressure on the market. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. And so, Um, we've been up in the market since October of last year. But if you look at the charts very carefully, okay, sometimes we get fooled into thinking, that um, what's going on in the S&P 500 or the Dow or the NASDAQ, just the averages in the market is what's happening to everything. But if you've been looking at your statements, and, and particularly mutual statements that hold 200 different companies, you'll probably notice that even though the markets are up, they were up, I think, uh, from October to uh, July, what was it? A 19% climb, something like that. Yeah. But that's you know, it, your, your mutual funds are nowhere close. And the reason is, is because the exchange traded funds give a higher priority than most other funds to five particular companies, which those have really been, we were all of those have been really up. Those have been
1: the ones that have been pushing yeah. the market up. So
0: we're talking about NVIDIA. We are talking, um, you know, Apple, uh, Microsoft, um, Amazon and Google. All of them were way up, you know Amazon, I think was up 32 percent but and, and Apple was up 40 percent, Microsoft was up 36, 38 percent, something like that. But again, the entire market, the &; p 500 was only up 19 percent, and that's because you had a lot of losers in there dragging down those big five companies. Does that make sense? Oh yeah yeah, yeah. so so um, you know here we're looking at September. Do they have losers on the books? Well, obviously Yo, they yes. do, and so we might see in September some selling pressure that sh- that might push this market down even further. Okay, so for you wealth um, investors, careful for September. I would say, beware the Ides of March, but that's the wrong <laughs> reference, right? I think this <clears throat>
1: this statistic is kind of fascinating. the The average return for September is negative, but the median mm-hmm. has turned positive.
0: The median has turned positive, and especially kind of lately. And this is going to be more true in the coming years as fewer and fewer people out there understand uh, value and what, how to calculate stock value, okay? Because if you've got a whole bunch of people out there that don't know what they're doing anyway, then they're not going to abide by the regular rules, mm-hmm. which means that if the company is down but they don't know how to read the numbers anyway, are they going to sell off the stock? They have no bloody. Or are they idea going to keep buying the stock? <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, we're seeing. Yeah, they have this no now. clue, so they're going to keep buying it. Yeah. And, and you know the institutions and the professionals are happy to sell it to them. Yeah, yeah. So, so some of those things are are going to uh, are going to start turning, and, and we have to expect that. But what that means is we have to get more friendly with the way things work now, and less entrent or yeah, less married to, I suppose the way things used to work Mm -hmm. that just aren't working anymore. Okay. All right. So this is a little bit of a, a, um, you know, of something to watch. Another thing to watch, you know, one of the larger parts of our markets is real estate. And I just wanted to read out a report really fast. Okay. Because just recent, this is the first time since 2011, I think it said where real estate has been selling at losses 14.5 percent of homes sold at a loss uh, in february of of this last year and we're still seeing higher than normal uh you know higher than normal uh, i don't know higher than normal number of of uh, real estate transactions where where uh, the the sellers are selling at a loss and that's a little bit of a disturbing trend Um, This marks, you know, this year marks the largest annual drop on record, outpacing 40.7% decrease in overall home purchases in all of the major metros. Now, this was a Redfin report. Okay, just something to watch because I know that there have been a lot of commercials out there about what a good time it is to buy a home and things like that. Just wanted to put it out there. Okay. Last time we had home right now, I I don't know, (laughs) but, but uh, you're, you're seeing a lot of the commercials and I know you are, right. It's it's funny. Yeah. Um, And the thing is, is that uh, you know, they're ignoring history altogether in 2008, 2008 was the crash. Yes. Yeah. It was a housing crash. Did you know it took until 2011 to bottom out for the housing market to bottom out? (sighs) Didn't start an upward trajectory until for four years almost four years. Okay. So, you know, just beware the advertising because it's, you might not be able to trust it. All right. Well, we're almost done. I want to go through one last thing and then we'll get out of here. Okay. Um, I would like every week to talk a little bit about strategy. So we can talk, we've talked about different trading strategies in the past. Now I want to talk about a strategy, um, that, that I heard that just looks like a lot of fun. Okay. Finance gurus are, are kind of sneaky and here's something that's kind of sneaky. Okay. And so, and I, I want to just lead it off saying, you know, talking about interest. Hubie Brown said, thems that understand it makes it. Thems that don't understand it pays it. Okay. <laughs> and I want to go through a scenario where this kind of makes sense. All right. Now there's, there's those, there. Let's just talk about this example. Here's an example of of somebody that saved up for their children's college, and they wanted their child to go to a very nice school. And so by the time their their child was ready for college, they had saved $120,000. And they were thinking that they were going to be in college for four years, and they'd have to fund about $30,000 a year for this college. Now, that might be a low number. All right, college is sometimes much more expensive than that, uh, but but that's what they figured that they would have to come up with for um, uh, you know for their child, and now what they want is no debt. However, they understood interest rates, okay, and so while they were looking at it, they they realized you know what we can take out a loan, one of these student loans, and they're offering us three percent. And here we've got this hundred and twenty thousand in savings, and I just ran across um, a fund. All right, this is a J, a JP Morgan Chase fund where they do covered calls on the on on the S and P five hundred, and they are very successful at it. It pays out a yield, kind of like a dividend, but it pays out a monthly yield, um, and it's ten percent per year. So now how long let's is this, go through How
1: the long man. has this uh, fund
0: been around? Do you know the... Oh, it's been around for a while. Has it? Okay. Oh, yeah, several years. Um, but, you know, th- typically covered calls is a strategy that only professionals use. Now, if you already own stock and you're not doing covered calls, let me just tell you, it's the only thing that I can teach that carries zero risk. You're really losing out of a lot if you, if you don't if you're not using it. All right? And if you want to learn how to do covered calls, obviously... JP Morgan, who's doing covered calls and then handing you ten percent per year, is making more than ten percent per year and they're doing Clearly, it for you. Yeah. yeah. They wouldn't do it if they weren't making money. So don't you think that maybe it would be worth your time to learn covered calls? Yeah. All right. At at 10%, I would say if I could do 10% or better in a year, that might be something I want to at least take a look at, Mm -hmm. especially if it's paying me out monthly. All right. Well, these parents decided, you know what? They're offering me 3% on a college loan and they're willing to, uh, not take any money or not. Yeah. I, I can borrow the money and not pay anything on any of these loans. And I guess this is what college loans do, right? You don't have to pay until you're out of college. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's four years where you're, you're, um, in college and you're using the money, but you don't have to pay anything. All right. Beautiful. So they decide, all right, at 3%, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to put my money into this JEPI, which is paying out 10%. And over these four years, I'm just going to have it reinvested back into JEPI. All right. So at the end of the four years, it's been paying 10% and 10% of 12,000 is, um, you know, well, I'm sorry, 10% of 120,000 is 12,000 per year. And now they're going to take that 12,000 and stick it back in. And now they've got in the second year, um, not 120,000, but 132,000. Then they're going to take Mm -hmm. that. And the point is, is they're well above 160 by the time their child graduates, uh, college. And now they have to start paying on this loan because they've taken out $120,000 worth of loans and they have to pay at 3%. So the loan costs them $1,158 per year and 73 cents per year. But the yield from that 160 plus, you know, uh, thousand account now is now well over 16,000. I'm sorry, that was 1,100 per month. All right, which is going to total somewhere around uh, 13000 per year, right? Mm-hmm. But now they're getting 16000 per year out of this JEPI, and that means that they have an excess of $242 each month, either put back in the account or just spend on whatever they want, all right? And they get to retain their hundred some odd 1000 uh, account after the 10-year period that it takes them to pay off the loan sneaky, huh? It's
1: a no brainer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. Okay. So here's the deal. All right. I'm not saying that this is right for everybody, but I do want you to understand that this, this person clearly, uh, you know, understood, you know, what, um, uh, I don't know what interest is, and they were using one interest rate against another. One, they were getting paid 10%. The other one, they were going to have to be paying 3%. Was it worth it? Oh, absolutely. Well, for them, it C- was, yeah. you know, clearly. It's called smart money. Smart money. Yep. All right. Well, we all want to be smart about our money. We train people to hopefully see what's out there. And I, you know, I count on people once they know it's out there to actually be able to do something about it. Okay. I think everybody is smart enough to use the tools that are there once they know what the tools are and how to use them. So what do we do here at Online Trading Academy? We train you with the tools of the market. And once you know what's out there, all right, now getting it done and, and coming up with your own strategy, one that actually fits you in your, in your circumstances, becomes kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it becomes doable at that point. A lot of people feel like this: the world of
1: the financial markets and... Um Managing their own money is is not possible. Yeah, it's just kind of this this. this it's thing a mystic they, they don't thing. Want to touch. I better hand it to somebody yeah. else. Yeah. Floating right. out there, yeah. I, I can't do it. But it's very possible, very doable. I'm
0: not as smart as the guy I'm yeah. giving my money to. Yeah.
1: But funny thing is, <laughs> they have no idea. Yeah. Sure
0: I, I, they have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> Yep. So, and, and you know, and you know what? I mean, I, I, I don't mean to insult any of the uh, wealth managers out there or any of the brokers out there. Yeah, be kind, you're kind to my doing, Oh, your father. That's right. Yeah, you're, you're doing, you're doing a real service to the people who aren't willing to learn things themselves. Okay, because there's always going to be those that simply can't be bothered, or don't think it's important, or you know, won't take the time to learn it themselves. Me? I don't think it's out of reach for anybody to learn it, you know, to learn it for yourself. Um, And uh, if you do, then you're taking more control and you actually, in my opinion, and by the numbers, you've got much more opportunity. I know. Yep. All right. Yeah.
1: I I want to say one more thing. It's a, it's a skill like anything else Mm -hmm. that, you know. And skills can be taught. Skills can be taught. Skills can be learned. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to, to develop this skill.
0: That's right. Or, or as, as George W. would say, a, a rocket surgeon. A rocket surgeon. <laughs> <Yeah. right. laughs> this isn't that. rocket surgery here, folks. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, hey, that's all the time we have today. I hope you've enjoyed it. All right. If you want to learn about, um, you know, any of these things, how to manage wealth, how to uh, trade in the markets like Justin here, because, uh, you know, obviously he's a guru and doing well. All right. If you want to learn how to do that, it turns out that we teach it. Okay. Now if you're in the Phoenix area, we teach it live in person. And if you want to get to one of those classes, uh then just go to www.tradingacademy.com. That's www.tradingacademy.com and you'll be presented with some classes uh that you can take, all right? What if you're not in the Phoenix area? Well, you're not out of luck. Guess what? You can still go to the classes, but now you do the online classes, okay? Now the online classes, are you going to get the same quality of learning online as you would in person? No. Okay. It turns out that when you're there in person and you're not distracted and you can raise your hand and ask questions, you're just going to understand more than if you were online and being distracted because your your children are asking you questions or because the, you know, toaster just popped and you've got to go butter your toast or something like that you know, or, and you can't answer any or ask any questions. So you're obviously, it's going to be better in person. But if you can't come in person, because you're not in the Phoenix area, you would still go to www.tradingacademy.com. And there's an online class. Everybody good? All right. Well, I hope you've enjoyed it. And I hope that uh, we get to talk with you next week. So, um, so have a good week. See you guys.